You have to decide what the business model is. There's no right or wrong model. You just need to pick one. When you pick one and go all in on it for two or three years, it's the fastest, most profitable way for you to grow because you can focus developing all of your skill sets around the strategies that are best aligned with that model versus trying to learn both. You end up trying to learn both and you end up sabotaging everything because you just don't have the capacity. It's not that you don't have the capability, but we have to design the business model and make the choices for the business that are best aligned with what your capacity is. What do you have capacity to execute and implement consistently month over month, year over year until your capacity grows? This entire episode is really going to be focused on the individual who is already making $200,000 or more in their business for context. And I know money isn't everything, but as you make more money, you get new problems. And I think it's really important for me to add some context to today's conversation, because if you're making less than $200,000 a year, this episode can definitely be aspirational and can be motivational. But if you're making less than $200,000 a year, do not take everything I say tactically in regards to what you should be focused on doing right now. Because again, as you're growing your business, you know, depending on where you're at in annual revenue, that will dictate and inform what problems are the biggest priority for you to focus on and fix. And it's so important that you are modeling the thought process and implementing tactics and strategies that are most relevant for the season of business that you are in. So I want to just lay that out. If you are making less than 200 grand a year in your coaching business and you're watching this episode, I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> and also, you know, take notes. This is, again, you know, this is aspirational. This can be a really great way for you to start elevating your mindset. But don't take what I'm saying tactically. Now, if you are making $200,000 or more annually a year in your coaching business, this is for you. Because you, if you are making more than $200,000 a year annually in your business, one of the biggest things you probably already have come to realize is that $200,000 really ain't that much money. I know I'm saying that as a very privileged, uh, well-off financial, you know, American, but $200,000 in America annually in revenue and business really isn't that much money. And what I mean by that is, and if, and if you're aware of this, is that like, first and foremost, I'm recording this at the very end of 2023. And I think it's important for me to put a timestamp on this episode. It's the end of 2022 as I'm recording this. Going into 2023, like with where we are at in the economy right now, we have to be willing and eager and excited about making more money because of the rate at which inflation is going up, the rate at which cost of normal goods are going up, the way that our political landscape is cha changing, and depending on what state you live in, how your taxes are being impacted. When I first started in the online space back in 2017, the goal was like, make $100,000, make $100,000. Once you hit six figures, you've made it. Going into 2023, six figures ain't enough no more. <laughs> like six figures still can give you a really beautiful life. Six figures can, um, you know, help you move to the maybe the, the to the zip code and put your kids in the school district that you want to put them in. Six figures allows you to live a nice, comfortable life. But if you want to live a life of like abundant excess, you want to live a life where, you know, you flying first class. You want to live a life of. You know, you you traveling across the country for the holidays to visit your family because you've moved to a new state. Like if you want to live a life where you are able to to save and also invest and grow your personal net worth beyond just what you're taking home from take home salary from your business, six figures is not enough. 
And if you are one of those individuals who's maybe is already starting to experience that $200,000 is really nice and you're very grateful and you're very proud of yourself for getting to that milestone, but you know it is not enough for you to actually build your personal net worth in the way that you know that you desire. It is not enough for you to maybe live in the Californias, in the Seattles, in the New Yorks, and live in the states that you really want to live in. It's not enough. And this episode is for you because I'm going to keep it 1000 with you. As a black woman who has become a millionaire, becoming a millionaire while black in America is a whole nother topic of conversation. But I want to really start to help you think about the decisions that you need to be making in your business, how you need to be thinking about operationally structuring your business, especially as we go into 2023, especially with where the economy is going. How do you maintain relevance, reduce perceived risk, and actually maintain the client roster that you have as you continue to grow while also being able to grow your top line revenue, grow your bottom line profit margin so that you can live the life that you've really always desired. So I know I took a few minutes to calibrate us on context because context is so important when you are listening to like people online and also how do you make this relevant for where you're at in business? So if we're good to keep going, I'm glad that you're still here. (laughs) And if you know this ain't for you, just exit stage left, but let's get into it, okay? So that's the first thing I want us, like when you start to make 200,000, I think between 200 and half a million dollars a year in your coaching business, you're at a critical point in time. You are at a critical point in time because you can hustle your way to 200 grand. You can hustle your way to three. You can hustle away your four. You can hustle your way to five. Like you can really hustle your way to a million dollars, but it's very, very non-enjoyable. But let's just say you're in that two to $500,000 annual revenue level in your business right now. You've probably hustled your ass off to get there. You probably, you're in one of these buckets. Either you just recently got there quickly And you know that you've been running hard and you know that you've been running fast. You haven't burnt out yet, but you see burnout on the horizon. That that might be the caliber that you're in. It got here quickly. You you, you feel like you really didn't even know what happened. You were just running. And then one day you looked up and it's like, oh shit, I did $300,000 last year. Woo. And like you take a deep breath. It's like running a 5K. It's like you got enough stamina to get to run those three miles, but you really didn't have the um, preparation you know, you can't sustain it. You could do it once, but you you know it'd be very, very difficult for you to replicate it, for you to do it again. So that's either one boat that you're probably in where you've gotten to multi-six figures. You know that you got there, but there's the operationally, you know it'd be very difficult for you to do it again because you didn't run that initial race with the proper preparation. It just kind of happened. I don't want to say it just happened because it doesn't just happen. Your effort is what allowed it to happen. Your consistency in your action is what allowed it to happen. But you realize that the operational infrastructure and your personal stamina as a CEO, it'd be damn hard to do it again. That's like one bucket you're in. That was the bucket that I was in. I got to 200, 300 grand quickly. Every single year, my revenue was doubling or tripling in revenue. And it was like, shit, you, you just run in the race so damn hard. You look up one day and it's like, fuck, how did this happen? And it's like, damn, okay, how do I maintain this now that I've gotten here? And then how do I grow without burning myself out? Because I can see that on the horizon. So that's like one bucket you might be in. The other bucket that you might be in is that you have been sailing and coasting at multi-six figures, but you haven't been able to grow beyond it. Maybe you've been making two, three, four, five hundred grand for the last two, three, four years in a row. And you start to notice your Stripe account is plateaued. And it's been plateaued for more than a year, maybe more than two years. 
And when you get into the plateau season, especially if you've been beyond three years of plateaued revenue, somewhere between that 200K and half a million, I think those individuals really start to lose faith. Doubt starts to creep in. Second guessing starts to creep in. I think quite honestly, a lot of defeating thoughts and a lot of thoughts that really erode at your confidence really start to take over. And what I mean by that is, is that if you've been making 300 or 400 or 500 grand a year, two, three, four years in a row, there, I can guarantee you this, there is a part of you that is afraid of growing beyond that level because you haven't yet figured out how to grow beyond that level without doing all the work yourself. So there's this fear that kicks in where it's like, okay, I know that I'm capable and I know that I am being called to grow at a larger capacity, but there's this correlation that you hold as a belief in your mind that if I grow beyond half a million, that means I will sacrifice my health. It means that I will sacrifice my relationship with my partner. It means that I won't be a good mom or I'll be, I won't be a good dad. I won't be a good parent. Because the only way that you can envision yourself growing is by doing more work yourself, by taking on more clients yourself, by adding more calls to your calendar, by bearing the responsibility alone. It's kind of like the book Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. If you have not read that book, that's one of like the most legendary books. I read that book when I was like 18 years old and it changed my entire perspective on life in the world. But it's kind of like Atlas Shrugged where you feel like the entire load of responsibility is bearing on your shoulders. And there's a, you, there's a legit fear that you have that if you grow beyond this point, it just means the weight of your world will just get heavier on you. And that's what I noticed at the two boats that people fall in. They either got to six figures kind of quickly or maybe it wasn't whatever time pace that it was, but they got there in a way that they hustled their way there. And it's not necessarily sustainable or they've been there for a few years and there is significant fear on what will be required of you if you do choose to grow beyond it. And I just want us to take a moment to like recognize those two realities and for you to think about which bucket are you in? Which bucket are you in? And the reason why I say that is because the rest of this conversation that we have, you probably will feel, feel some tension as I'm talking. You probably will, you know, maybe start to notice some emotions or thoughts or beliefs that come up for you. And my invitation to you as we continue having this conversation today is just for you to get curious, for you to pay attention to the beliefs that, you, that have been holding you where you are, or pay attention to the beliefs that are preventing you from getting where it is that you want to go. And I just want you to have a level of awareness. I just want you to get curious. As I'm talking, as I'm sharing a perspective with you, as we continue this conversation, if you notice me say something and you immediately start to have some contraction, you know, butt starts to get a little bit clenched, shoulders start to feel tense, like you, you're, you start to literally grind your teeth and lock your jaw. If you start to notice yourself, just like you notice that you haven't breathed for a second because what I'm saying is maybe scaring you, all I want you to do is just have some awareness and jot it down in a notebook. Jot it down on a piece of paper that you're listening to, open up your notes tab on your phone and just write this down, okay? And before we go on, I just want us all to take a deep breath real quick as you're watching this or listening to this. I want you to just take a deep breath and relax. Just shake it out. And the reason why I'm giving us a moment to pause is because this shit is hard. You have hit a point in your business, if you're making 200, 300, 400 grand a year, where you are in the top 5% of income earners in the world, in the world, pat yourself on the back, 
give yourself a hug, like give yourself a high five, do a celebratory dance because you've already accomplished what most people have will never see in their lifetime. Will never see in their lifetime. Will never earn the form of a paycheck. You've done it. And now you have a choice. One of the first things that you have to decide if you want to grow beyond multi-six figures and step into the seven-figure category, you have to make a conscious decision that you actually want it, that you actually want to do the journey, that you actually want to grow beyond this. And that has to be a conscious decision that you make and that you make 100% for yourself. 100% you have to make that for yourself. And there is no shame if you make the decision to say, you know what, I'm, I'm comfortable at two to 300 grand, I want to stay here for a while. That is one of the things that I wish in the online industry and the online marketing space that we actually talked about more. Too many coaches are encouraged, not even encouraging, but I feel like shaming people into wanting to go to seven figures when you as the business owner, without really giving you the opportunity to make that choice or even inviting you into having the conversation with yourself about, do I even want to grow? And what pace at which do I desire to grow? Because it's not, I know that if you're listening to this, there's a part of you that wants to make more money. Like, or else you wouldn't be listening to this. Like you would have not, you would have chosen to tune in to something else. You wouldn't have chosen to listen to this episode. But I think it's important for you to decide for yourself, okay, what is the pace at which that I want to experience that growth? And today, when I think about myself over the next three months, over the next six months, over the next year, do I want it? Like, do I want it? And what beliefs are you currently holding right now about what's required of you if you do grow? Like, that is the first question you have got to ask yourself. And it's the first question you really need, need to, to be curious about is what beliefs, and like, I, I really do encourage you to have a notebook for this episode. Like, you know, Pause, go get a notebook really quickly, grab a pen, because these are really important questions you need to be asking yourself as a business owner, as the sole individual who's responsible for the entity that you've created. You are the leader of this organization that you've built. You might look at this as some baby of yours. You might look at this as just some fluke. You may not even see yourself as a CEO. You may not even identify with that title. But one thing that is true, regardless of how you view your business, it is 100% your responsibility. Regardless if you feel comfortable calling yourself a CEO, regardless if you feel comfortable calling yourself a business owner, whatever, whatever you do or don't feel, you do hold this responsibility. So the question I want you to write down and for you to think about is, do I want to grow? And at what pace do I want to grow? And I want you to ask yourself, what beliefs or assumptions am I making about what's required to grow? Those are three really important questions. Really important questions. So once you have made the decision to do the journey and be like, okay, Jay, I've decided that I want to grow. Okay, now the rest of this episode is for you. One of the first things that you have to make a decision about when you have, after you've made the choice to grow is to decide how you want to grow. You know how to make money now. Now you get to decide, how do I want to make money? That is a privilege that you have earned. I'm going to say that again. That is a privilege that you have earned. Growing a business, learning how to make money is fundamental. Step one, non-negotiable. Once you have learned how to make money, you get, you get to a place where your business is in a position where you get to choose how you make money. How do you make money? And what I mean by how you make money, this is when we start to look at operationally in the business, what are these decisions that influence how you make money moving forward? One of the very first decisions that you have to make as a business owner, once you hit that multi-six-figure mark, is what is the business model 
that is best aligned with the problem that you solve, the person that you solve that problem for, the sophistication of the messaging required to attract that lead? What is the business model that is in the best interest of all of those attributes being in alignment for you to grow to the million that millionaire status? That's the first question we have to ask. What is the right business model that will get you there? And you guys hear me talk about this a lot. I, I've released episodes on my podcast where we did the whole CEO seasons where we talked about zero to 100 grand, 100 to 300 grand, 300 grand to a million, a million dollars plus, and all the decisions that you really have to make. But one of those very first decisions is what is the business model that is best aligned with the sophistication of the problem that I solve, the person that I'm solving that problem for, the sophistication of the messaging that is required in my marketing to attract that qualified lead, the sales process that's that's needed to reduce perceived risk, and the type of container from a delivery perspective that will set my clients up for success to achieve the promise that I sold them into. There has to be congruency and alignment amongst those five things. Those five things determine what your business model is. And really one of the big decisions that you have to make is do you want to go low ticket, high volume, or high ticket, low volume? Pick one. Either you're going to choose to go down the path of going low ticket, high volume, meaning that you're going to be sell 80% of your revenue is going to be coming from a product offer that's probably two or $3,000 or less. A $500 digital course, a $1,000 digital course, a $2,000 you know, digital uh, coaching, digital course program. The price point of the program, and I'm saying this is like, where does 80% of your revenue come from? Where does the bulk of the money that you make come from? You're either going to go low ticket, but that means you need high volume, need, you need a large audience, you need to really have a marketing machine that generates a lot of new leads and not a lot of new eyeballs on your business every single year. Or you're going to choose to go down the high ticket, low volume route, where 80% of your revenue is coming from an offer that is $3,000 or more in the online space, where you are solving a more sophisticated problem, meaning you're solving a more specialized, a more specific problem in your industry for a more sophisticated buyer who's dealing with more specific nuanced issues, who desires to have a different type of more hands-on or a more in-depth client experience of what traditionally comes with digital products. You're going to pick one of those model routes. If you're at $200,000 or more and you want to get to a million, the reason why I'm saying that you need to pick one business model that makes up 80% of your revenue is because of this. Again, you know, earlier I said, get curious about the assumptions that you are making or get curious about where I say something that is incongruent with what you believe to be true. This is probably one of those beliefs that you need to really iron out. A lot of people think, or the question that comes up is, why can't I do both? Jay, like, why can't I grow to a million dollars with a low ticket offer and with a high ticket offer? I'm not saying that you can't. I'm saying, I'm talking about what is the smoothest, simplest, least complicated way for you to get to millionaire status. This is, these are the decisions that you have to make if you want to reduce complexity in your path to get, getting there. And the reason why I say it's important for you to possibly make that decision at this critical junction of, of your business time is because the marketing, sales, messaging, client delivery, and operational processes are totally different if you are selling a low-ticket digital course versus if you are selling a high-ticket program. Fundamentally different. If you think about it, if I'm trying to solve a problem of how to start a coaching business, and let's say I create a $500 digital course that teaches that. It's maybe some eight-week program, pre-recorded modules, right? I'm going to just give you guys an example. Let's say I have, again, a $500 digital course. This is just hypothetically. A $500 digital course is about how to grow a coaching business. Again, it's eight-week digital product, all pre-recorded, right? Let's say I have that offer. 
let's say I also have the offer that really does exist, Leverage. Leverage is a 12-month, five-figure group coaching program that teaches coaches or um, agency owners how to design a three to $10,000 curriculum-based group coaching program and add an additional six figures of revenue to their business. That's a 12-month program, $15,000, or a $500 digital course on how to build your coaching business. Now, one thing I want to point out here with this example, first of all, you guys can hear the specification of the promise that is being positioned with the offers, right? One is a bit more vague, how to grow a coaching business. Versus the other one is ridiculously specific. How to launch, design, deliver a three to $10,000 curriculum-based group coaching program by, and add an additional six figures of new revenue to your business. So there's a level of specificity with, with one and there's one that's a bit more vague. Now, from a, from, from a capability standpoint, Jerisha knows how to teach both things, right? I know how to create the offer of both things. But this is what's important for you, again, to think not just as a solopreneur, but to start to think as a CEO who's building a coaching company. You, it's not just about what you can deliver. It's about what is required of me to attract enough qualified leads to make both of these offers financially sustainable for me. So if I'm trying to market to a beginner business owner selling a $500 digital course, their buying decision criteria is absolutely different than the buying decision process for somebody who's trying to make an investment on a more specialized issue. If I'm selling you, let's say you're listening to this and I'm trying to sell you one of these two options, the questions that you would have to ask to make a buying decision to decide on a $500 eight-week digital course are totally different forms of psychological consideration than the questions you'd be asking yourself to make the buying decision on the $15,000 12-month group coaching program that's way more specific totally different process that the prospect goes through when making a buying decision. So as a business owner, if I was selling both, that means that I have to have two different marketing funnels, two different marketing strategies, two different sales processes, two different forms of delivery. Even though I could teach both offers, I'm creating more operational complexity trying to serve two different levels of sophistication and how the buyer is making a decision. This is one of the most important things that you have to think about as you're growing your business. It's not about what you can do anymore. It's about what's in the best interest of the business. What's in the best interest of what your capacity is? What's in the best interest of your cash flow and your profit margins? That's part of the reason why me getting to a million dollars in revenue, I did not sell digital products. I did not sell low ticket. It's not because I can't teach it. It's because I do not want to create confusion for my prospects with my audience about how like the level of sophistication I want them to perceive me as. I don't want to create confusion in how they perceive me and how they position me in their mind around the sophistication of the problem that I can solve and the price point they should associate with my brand. When you're making less than a million dollars a year yet, you're in a year, you're still carving out the impression that you want your prospects to have of you. You do not have a large enough brand yet where you can hold space in people's minds to do both. We're still building that impression. We are still carving out that space in our audience and in our industry's mind. So it's not to say that you can't do it, but I can guarantee you it'll be really fucking hard to do it. And when I look at the business owners who do come and work with me in like, in like my mastermind legacy, if they are selling a low ticket digital course and they're also selling a high ticket offer, when I ask the question is, which one is more profitable for you? 
Which one is easier for you to sell? Which one is easier for you to attract qualified leads for? Which one makes you more money? Which one earns you more profit? Nine times out of 10, they say the high ticket offer. And when I ask, okay, why are you so gung-ho on keeping this digital product that's at $200 that you've had three people buy? It is because of fear. Fear that you're going to leave somebody behind. Fear that you're leaving money on the table. Fear it, fear because you do not believe, you don't believe in your own excellence enough to claim it publicly as the only thing that people can hire you for. It's usually because of fear. You don't, you don't believe that you're a teacher, so you, you feel terrified leading a group program. You don't see yourself as a legitimate business, so you keep discounting and downgrading the type of problems that you solve. Like That's honestly what it boils down to a lot of the time is fear. And again, this goes back to what I said initially. You have to decide what the business model is. There's no right or wrong model. You just need to pick one. When you pick one and go all in on it for two or three years, it's the fastest, most profitable way for you to grow because you can focus developing all of your skill sets around the strategies that are best aligned with that model versus trying to learn both. You end up trying to learn both and you end up sabotaging everything because you just don't have the capacity. It's not that you don't have the capability. But we have to design the business model and make the choices for the business that are best aligned with what your capacity is. What do you have capacity to execute and implement consistently month over month, year over year until your capacity grows? So that's one of the very first decisions you have to make is what is the business model that is most aligned with the sophistication of the problem that you solve, the person that you solve it for, and the price point that is you know, aligned with that value to be delivered? The question you really have to ask yourself is what level of sophistication do I want to be speaking at in my marketing and in my messaging? Do I want to only be able and primarily be talking to the beginner, you know, solving entry level problems, you know, a, a meeting them at where they are at psychologically in their in their buying decision uh, process and their urgency in their limiting beliefs? Like, do I want my messaging to be focused there or do I want my messaging to be focused on a more sophisticated buyer trying to solve a more sophisticated problem? You have to make that decision because at the end of the day, you're going to be the one that has to create the content every day, every week to pull those clients in. So where do you want to play? Where do you want to spend the most of your time and what's best aligned with the sophistication, the problem that you're solving, the person that you're solving it for and the price point that you know it needs to be valued at? Like that's one of the biggest decisions you have to make to grow beyond 200 grand is how are you going to get there? The second biggest decision that you have to make to grow beyond $200,000 a year is what is your owner's intent? This really needs to be the first decision that you make, but owner's intent is really important. Please write that down. Owner's intent. Your owner's intent is really the intentionality behind why you are choosing to grow your business. And this is beyond the fluffy bullshit of I'm growing because I'm trying to like fulfill my purpose. Let's keep it 100. You're fucking growing because you want to make more money. Like I want us to be honest. You're growing because you want to serve more people. You want to work with the most aligned clients possible. You want to work with the most qualified people. You want to work with clients that you love talking to on a regular basis. You want to work with clients who want to get results and you want to help them get results. And by helping your clients get results, you want to be financially compensated for it. That is probably why you're building your business. And part of the reason why you want to make more money so that you can give yourself more options, more choice. I want to have the choice to send my kids to private school versus public. I want to have the choice to move to that zip code that has the lower crime rate and the better school districts versus choosing to live in the zip code that I can afford. 
I want to have the choice on the type of car that I purchase and drive on a day-to-day basis. I want to have the choice to go on vacation when I want to go on vacation without, you know, and, and being able to take two weeks off to do that. Like the reason why a lot of us want to make more money is because of choice. We want to be able to have the finances to expand our options on what we can choose to do about how we live our life, where we live our right life and who we live with, with in our life. You have to know what your owner's intent is. And if you're listening to this and if you've been consuming my content for any bit of time, your owner's intent is probably building your personal net worth by doing great work in the world that's at the highest quality and the highest caliber possible. And I don't know if that resonates with you or not, but like we just have to call it what it is. Like if you do not know what your owner's intent is, you have to know why you're choosing to grow. You have to know why. You have to know why you're choosing to grow and you have to be honest with yourself about what that decision is. You you may be choosing to grow purely for the intent of like adding value and just doing work in the world. Because I have a group of clients, they don't need the money in their business because they have a supportive spouse. Maybe they're trust fund kids. Maybe, you know, I don't know, they came into some inheritance. Usually it's because their their partner makes more money and their partner is the one that is financially responsible for the day-to-day bills and the day-to-day expenses. That's great. So what is your owner's intent? Why do you want to build a business that's sole purpose is to facilitate opportunities for transactions to take place? You got to know why you want to make money. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that you want to make money. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, even though my partner is the one primarily responsible for our day-to-day expenses, I still want to have financial independence for myself. I want to be an example to my daughter and to my son about what a working woman can look like. Or you might be on the flip side where you're like, I want to make more money because I want to expand my personal net worth. I want to have extra money to be able to invest outside of my business. I want to make more money because like whatever it is, you have to know what your owner's intent is. I'm talking about money because I know if you're listening to this, you probably care about money, but you may feel uncomfortable admitting it. So I just want us to just rip that bandaid off. Like, Let's just talk about it. Like I, and for me, I don't, I know I love making money because of the choices and options that it gives me. I want to have the option to buy a property. I want to have the option to buy the car that I want to drive. I want to have the option to choose what seat I buy on a flight, not because of what I can afford, but because of what my preferences are. I want to be able to have the option to pay for what my preferences are. That is a huge reason why I love making money. And I love making money because I love the ripple effect of the work that I do. I love seeing the lives changed of the people that I get to work with. I love helping and being a part of, of, their, of their blessing coming to pass, of their prayers being answered. Because I think that the more money that we make, the more people that we can hire, the more that we can circulate cash flow in this world. And every time that we invest in somebody else, we are literally investing into the kingdom because prayers are answered through, pre- through people. And when you live in a world that's a capitalistic society, part of that way of exchanging value is by currency, by paying somebody for their skill sets and paying somebody for the value that they provide. So part of my ability to make more money allows me to work with more people, to serve more people, to hire more people and allow them to do their gifts. Every time I pay, you know, like the Tesla guy that comes to the house to to check on my car, I'm investing in what he desired to do. Every time I pay for my hairstylist to do my hair, I'm investing in her dream, in her business. Every time I get to hire a team member on my team, I'm investing in their like in their dream job. 
for them to be able to work at a place that they love. Like that is what I'm, me having money allows me to be able to do that. And also meet the reason why I choose to build a business is because of the lives I get to support with changing of, and the clients that I get to work with. We don't solve simple problems. Like my business solves complicated problems for my clients. But when those clients achieve, figure out how to solve those complicated problems, their life changes. And then we're able to have this ripple effect. So the number, the second most important thing you have to do is ask yourself, what is my owner's intent? Why am I choosing to grow my business? What do I really care about? And come up with two or three values that can now start to serve as your true north. What are the values that you hold near and dear to your heart as, as to why you're choosing to grow your business? You got to know your why. You have to know what your owner's intent is. If your owner's intent is to protect profit, if your owner's intent is to work with the highest caliber, highest quality leads, if your owner's intent is to um, you know, design a life that gives you leverage and flexibility, now th- those values start to become the filter for how you make decisions operationally in the business. Because now when you have to go back, okay, if my th- if those are my three, three value sets, right? Protecting profit, working with the highest quality clients, and leverage time. I want leverage time. I want the leverage flexibility with my calendar. Now, when you have to ask yourself, going back to even the initial question, which business model should I do? Which business model allows you to protect your profit? Which business model allows you to work with the highest caliber clients? And which business model allows you to have leverage with your time? Your owner's intent influences now how you make every operational decision in the business. So that's the second most important thing you have to decide if you want to grow beyond 200 grand. The first thing that you have to decide is, do you really want this? Do you want to grow? Do you actually want to grow? And what is the pace and the speed at which you want to experience that growth? Second decision you have to make, what is the business model that is most aligned with the sophistication of the messaging that I want to talk about on a day-to-day basis? Because if you're unwilling to create the content, you're going to be have a difficult time attracting the leads to even funnel and fuel through your business model. So you really, the question you have to ask yourself is what is the sophistication of the problem and the sophistication of the buyer that I want 80% of my marketing, my messaging content to be focused around. And that influences what business model you just, you build that influences the price point that you sell at that influences who you sell to that influences the type of container that you design. The third decision you have to make is what is your owner's intent? What are those two or three values that you hold near and dear to your heart that will become the filter that you process through every time you make an operational decision in the business. One, two, and three, y'all. And you guys have probably not heard coaches or other entrepreneurs talk about it in this way. Most people, when they talk, do an episode on how to make, how to grow to a million dollars, what do they focus on? How to get more leads, how to build out your marketing department, how to convert more sales. That is literally one sliver of the equation. One sliver of the equation. Because how you choose to go, like knowing what type of leads are most important for your business, knowing what types of clients you want to actually be working with starts with you making these higher level decisions. What is my owner's intent? What is the business model that's most aligned? And do I even want to grow? And what is the pace at which I want to experience that growth? If you don't make those decisions, you don't know what strategy to implement. And this is what ends up happening a lot of the time is you end up, this is what, and this has happened to me. Before And this is how I knew that I needed to have this level of governance to help me with with my decision making is earlier in my business, I would just start to invest in marketing strategies when I hadn't yet decided what direction am I trying to take my business. 
And then you end up spending $5,000, $10,000, $30,000 on these coaching programs. And you're like, fuck, I don't want to grow with paid ads. I don't want to sell a $500 digital course. I don't want to build a team of 14 full-time employees to manage my, my coaches and uh, manage my marketing department because it fundamentally goes against the values of what my owner's intent is. So like you have to, and, my, and you don't have to, but my recommendation from what I know to be true is like you have to make these higher level decisions so that can influence the type of investments and where you choose to focus your energy and time on the day-to-day business, who you hire, what strategies you deploy, what tactics and techniques you need to master. You need to know those hierarching choices so that can become your filter for how you make those decisions. So those are the three biggest things, three biggest things. And if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, fuck, Jerisha didn't, whew, like if you just like that, if you just like a whoof, okay. Like I just, I really hope that it pulled you out of the weeds and help you see the, see the valley, to see the horizon. Because a lot of the time, sometimes as business owners, we can get so stuck in the day to day which is why we haven't had the capacity or given ourselves a space to make these bigger choices. We can be in the rat race of jumping from marketing strategy to marketing strategy to marketing strategy, jumping from sales funnel to sales funnel to sales funnel, looking, but you're looking at it from a turtle's eye view. You're looking at it from a turtle's eye view. When in actuality, once you cross multi-six figures, you have to start, you need every now and again you have to lift your neck up and look at a giraffe eye view. If you are, if a giraffe is standing next to a turtle, the perspective is totally different. Totally different. As you grow beyond 200 grand a year in business, you have got to have a giraffe's eye view and you need to have a process for yourself and for your business to regularly pull you back up from a giraffe's eye view to see the entire valley, to see the entire horizon. Because if you are making decisions from a turtle's eye view, no wonder you are feeling burnt out. No wonder you are feeling defeated. Because the pace at which a turtle can move is slow as fuck. And also the perspective that a turtle has is so short-sighted and limited. You have to have a process in place and, and, and regularly be able to pull yourself up and look at your business from a giraffe's eye view to see everything that's going on to double check in with yourself on why am I still doing what I'm doing? Where is it that I'm trying to grow? Because those decisions then influence all the smaller decisions that you make operationally with your offers, with your pricing, with your team structure, with the system structure, with everything else. So I really hope this gave you some perspective. I really hope this was insightful. Those are three of the biggest decisions you have to make if you want to grow beyond 200 grand a year. And those are the biggest decisions I had to make. Because that became my internal governance that allowed me and influenced every other decision that I made. And it also helped me keep my blinders on. It helped me make sure that I was chasing a definition of success that was my own and made sure that I was chasing a definition of success that was my own. Because it's so easy for us to adopt the definition of success of whatever coach, whatever leader, whatever mentor, whoever has the loudest voice online in the marketing. And then you'll look up one day and you realize that I have been chasing somebody else's definition of success. This is not even what I wanted for myself. I didn't even pray for this. I'm chasing somebody else's blessing. It's not even mine because I never wanted it. It was never my heart's desire. So thanks for coming in. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And I'll talk to y'all later. 